Welcome to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. I'm Drew Carpenter, your host on the podcast for all kinds of ministers and other followers of Jesus who serve in relative obscurity. Today on the Obscure Pastor Podcast, we're talking with Jane Beachy. Jane has been in ministry for over 25 years, primarily in children's ministry, but over the last three years as an associate pastor at Lancaster Brethren in Christ Church in Pennsylvania. She's an ordained minister and is in a certification program to be a spiritual director. Originally from Massachusetts, Jane met Mike, her husband, at Messiah College, and they have now been married 35 years. They have two married sons and a three-year-old grandson. Jane likes to bake, play disc golf, board games, and hang out with her family. Hey, Jane. Thanks for joining me on the Obscure Pastor Podcast. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, you agreed, finally, to come on the Obscure (laughs) Pastor Podcast. Do you consider yourself to be obscure? Uh. Pretty much. Yeah. I think that's why I was hesitant to even come on this because I feel pretty obscure, but you know, um, in my little church surrounding, I don't feel too obscure, but in the big world, pretty much. And that's, that's okay with me. Hmm. Uh, So Jane and I have known each other for about a little over four years, I guess, through our, our conference, we are in a cohort together. Jane, you are also, you are a spiritual director or you're, you're working on a certificate for spiritual direction. Tell me why you're doing that, what that's about, what's, what's involved with that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I actually started pursuing it about five years ago. Um, didn't really know much about it, but kind of did a little personal quest to see if that's something I should pursue. And at the time, didn't feel like it was, um, really just felt like the time wasn't right. So I just kind of dropped it, let it go for a while. And then it was probably about two and a half years ago. I just started feeling like I wanted to pursue it again. And so spoke to a few people and did some online searching and, uh, probably the biggest person I spoke to was our senior pastor and said, I think I want to pursue becoming a spiritual director. And he was a hundred percent behind that. He also has had training in direction. So yeah, so I've been in a, cla- a cohort type program for, um, it's a two-year program and will be done this May. So almost done. Um, spiritual direction is, it's easy to confuse it with things like counseling or therapy or even pastoral counseling, but really it's not directive, even though it, <laughs> the name is a little bit misleading. Um, one of the best ways to define it, I think, is just coming alongside somebody and helping them to discover what God is doing or where God is leading them in their lives. So it's a lot of um, quiet contemplation and listening and a safe place for people to talk about what they think God might be doing. So that's a real brief summary of what it is. So one of the things it's, it's not like opposite to counseling, it's not crisis driven or it's not event driven. It's kind of like, Hey, I'm noticing that I am feeling kind of, I don't know, this way or that way. And I'm just not really sure what's going on there. So um, mostly what I will do in a session is ask questions. So someone will start, um, usually a session will start with silence where we just kind of 
invite the Lord to enter the space and direct our conversation. And then the, the person who I meet with is called the directee. And so the directee will just kind of share something and um, I'm just kind of listening and then may ask a question or two that will direct them to think about it a little bit more or will nudge them one way or another. But it's very actually non-teaching. It's really about them trying to discover what God may be saying to them or how God may be leading them. Um, so hopefully my questions or my comments just lead them to explore more of what God might be saying. So, so once you do that, once you're, once you're done with your certification, do you, have you like practice? Is there a practicum or is there things that you've done thus far to test this out? So, to speak? Yeah. So, you, so you can get certified. Yeah. So um, once we entered the program, well, this, two, I guess, kind of several different facets of it. One is that we have to have our own spiritual director. So I meet with my own director once a month, and then we have to have um, directees that we meet with. So the first year of the program, we had two, and now this year I have three. So I, they just happen to be all women. So I meet with these three different women about once a month. Um, you know, like counseling, it's completely confidential and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so I have three right now that are my quote unquote guinea pigs that, that uh, I get to learn how to be a director with. So, and then in our cohort weekends, we will um, either practice directing on each other, or we will submit one of our sessions that we've done and that will get, you know, supervised and critiqued and just taught. We'll get taught sure, through it. That's sure. the best way to say it. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, and they know they're guinea pigs, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in one of the ways they know it is because it's free. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. Well, very cool. And so you'll be done with that in May and then you'll be a professional spiritual directors. Kind I of. guess there's no like um, official licensing kind of program at this point. So it's just through the program that I am. They, they say right. it's a certi- certification program, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to be serving as a pastor. So it'll just kind of be, um, I think for me, it's a, it's a more comfortable way for me to come alongside people in my church or other people that I may come into contact with who want direction. It's not so much counseling. It's just direction and seeing what God's doing. So I'll just keep doing that as I continue on in my pastoral position. When you're sitting with someone doing a, a spiritual direction session, what are some of the, what are some of the things you do to help them figure out what, what direction to go? Sure. Um, Well, often in a session, we'll first start with silence um, because the real key to spiritual direction is that um, number one, I'm not directing anything. It's kind of a funny name because my goal is not to direct anything. In fact, when I started my training, um, one of the supervisors would kind of remind me that I should not be asking a question with a goal answer in mind. So that's sure. something that I've, I've had to learn on working to do. So the goal is really that, you know, that the Holy Spirit is directing where we go. So Often it's good to just start with silence, just to um, quiet ourselves and 
get a sense for where the Holy Spirit may be. Um, so then as a, as a oh, okay. with okay. hang on a second there. So, yeah. so it, pretend to pretend we're doing some spiritual direction here right okay. now. Yeah. How would you, how do I, how do you get somebody to, uh, it, uh, it feels manipulative. It's not, you're trying to help people do what that help them to tap into what God is trying to say to them. How do you help people move into that time of silence? Right. Um, how do you help them? Right. So calm um, their spirit, those types of things. Are there some things you can do some tools you give to people to make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. To start a session, not so much. I mean, really it's just like, okay, we're going to start with silence. And um, when that the directee, it feels like they're ready to start talking. They can just close that silence by saying amen, which when you first start in direction, that can feel extremely uncomfortable. Like, Oh, am I being silent long enough or whatever? Right. (laughs) So there's actually a lot of internal noise when you first start in direction, but as you get used to it, you, you learn to just, I mean, sometimes, Sometimes spiritual direction, a part of it is just about stopping, stopping all the other noise in your life and just being quiet to, to, to breathe and to hear from God. So, so like I said, at the beginning of a session, we may just, you know, okay, we're going to start with silence when you're ready to break the silence and you could start talking. And then like a good intro, intro question, maybe something like, um, what are you feeling about how things are going on in your life right now? Or is there a feeling that you're continually noticing that you're, that you're coming up against, or, you know, is there something going on that you just are sensing maybe God is trying to move in some way? So something like that may be an opening question. Although lots of times with the directees that I meet with, they already come knowing that there's something that they feel like they would want to talk about. Um, And it could be, something now again spiritual direction isn't really about problem solving or it's not crisis driven most of the time so it's not like you're coming to a counselor to say you know i'm really stressed about work all the time i my husband's driving me crazy how do i deal with all this it's not that it's more like you know i've really noticed that in the past couple weeks i've really felt anxious and i'm not really sure why i'm feeling so anxious because i can't identify it that may be a way that someone may start a session And so then what I'm doing a lot of is just listening and paying attention. Um, It may be that as someone talks, they, they don't notice it, but they've said a word three or four times that they haven't realized. And I may say, you know what, I've noticed that you have said the word panic three times. What is it that you're actually feeling panicked about? That kind of thing. So it's not like I'm trying to I'm not doing counseling. I'm not trying to get them to emotionally healthy, although it's all kind of in some ways it weaves into each other, but that, you know, I'm not trained as a counselor, so it's not mental health really. It's just, what are you noticing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then within a session, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to say, for me to say, you know what, let's just pause in the middle. Let's just pause and take some more silence. Um, there's a quote I heard not too long ago that said that, God's first language is silence. Um, So often we are so busy talking or even mentally, you know, making a list in our mind of thinking of the next thing we need to do that we just don't sit quiet enough for God to actually speak. And I know people may ask, you know, what does it mean for God to speak? Because, you know, very rarely 
Although I don't, I wouldn't say it never happens, but very rarely do you actually hear a voice when you say God spoke. But so what is, what is, it could be something as simple as you, you stopped and you're silent. And then a word comes to mind that you never really wasn't something you'd been thinking about. So, you know, maybe, I don't know, I could give a million examples, but all of a sudden the the word peace is in your mind and you hadn't been thinking about peace. Could that be that God is drawing you towards experiencing more peace? It could be. So if I say, hey, I've noticed that you've been saying this, let's just take a moment and let's just pause. We may do that and they may say, oh, while I was quiet, all of a sudden I thought of this word. Huh? Well, what does that word mean to you? Or what does it, you know, so it's, it's really, I think curiosity is a good word to go along with it because we're not, I am certainly not there to do give them an answer or tell them what I think is going on or what I think God's doing. But if we're curious about our feelings or our thoughts or our prayers, another, a, a really good question to ask in spiritual direction is to ask someone, how have you been praying about this? Because that will often reveal maybe some of the, um, some of our own desires or, or hopes or where we think God is leading us. The funny thing is, is that often when you ask the question, how have you been praying about this? Somebody will say, oh, but actually I haven't been praying about that. It's like a light bulb moment that like, holy cow, I, I think about it, but have I actually, have I actually prayed about it? So that's, that's Hmm. kind of a fun question because it's often, and I, I have experienced that myself with my own director when I'll. I'll, you know, be going over something and she'll ask me that question like, oh, right, right. Praying about it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, those are some of the, um, some of the ways that we think about direction, just asking. I found, I find that, you know, I'm paying attention. I may even notice, you know, when you started talking about that, your demeanor changed. So it's not just necessarily the words that they're saying, but how does their spirit change? What changes about them? And I say, you know, you, all of a sudden you seemed lighter when you were talking about that. And it's not uncommon for the directee to be like, oh, you know, yeah, I do feel lighter. So, you know, God, one of the initial things that I think people need to be reminded of and it happens a lot in, in direction is, is first and foremost, God's love, receiving and living in God's love. Because so much of us, so much of the time we think that we need to be living to a set of expectations that God has for us. But I think his biggest expectation is for us to receive and live in his love. So it may be that, you know, we just, well, when you, when you said that and you felt lighter, how did you feel about God in that way? And they're noticing that, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe God's okay with that. Or maybe that's a gift that God has given me or those kind of things. So uh, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with just, it's not so much about fixing who we are. It's about noticing who God is. A lot of people, I'm kind of rambling, but just come some things that are coming to mind. And a lot of people have a image of God or an idea of who God is that is very narrow. And a lot of times that comes down to something in terms of God's expectations or God's laws or doing right or not. When I think I've, I've learned a lot in the past couple of years that God is about so much more than just 
what he wants from us. Like I said before, he, he wants us to receive his love and to live in his love. And I think a lot of other things would fall into place if we could, if we could first and foremost, remember how much he loves us, how, how he's pleased with us. End of statement, not because of what we do or who we are. He created us and he loves us. And so to, to help people, sometimes direction is just helping people find their way back to that. Like just sit in the fact that, you know, sometimes we use imagination. Imagine that you were sitting and Jesus was sitting, looking at you face to face. What would he say to you? So to imagine, you know, Jesus, Jesus isn't saying you didn't do good enough. Jesus is nine times out of 10 first saying, I love you. So part of direction is helping people go back to that spot and be, and be found in the love of Jesus as well. So, yeah, that I think of the, like the tradition I grew up in, we, we understood Jesus to love us. I did. I'm not going to speak for you because you didn't grow up in the Southern Baptist culture, (laughs) but we understood that Jesus loved us. But a lot of what I was trying to wrestle with early on, like prior to my mid twenties and before was just discovering God's will. What does God want me to do? Right. 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 And now, I mean, over the years, I, you know, and probably in that mid 20 range, I kind of hit upon this sense that, you know, here's God's will. How do you want to join God in God's will as opposed mm-hmm. to what's God trying to get you to do, Andrew? <laughs> and so, right, right. Yeah, and there's a lot of rest in that. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. And then yeah. you have guys like um, Henri Nouwen right? And uh, beloved, right? And kind of takes that picture of Jesus when he's baptized um, and coming out of the water. It's like, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Hadn't done any ministry. Yet, exactly. Right. Yeah. But he's loved. Yeah. And exactly. that's us too. I mean, he loves us. He created us. Mm-hmm. God created us. And that, that, yeah. And we need to but we don't sit with that very often, right? We're, no, we're, we a, don't. we're in a do, 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 do culture. And yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Really good. So, so again, part of being a, a spiritual director, one of the other things that we think about is just kind of like being um, a companion to walk alongside. Like I'm, and the great thing is it's when you first get connected with a spiritual director, nine times out of 10, it's going to be someone that you, you don't know. Uh, that doesn't know your family, that doesn't know your story. So it's someone who can come and be alongside you without any, um, without any previous history or agenda or anything, but can fully be there for you. Um, and it's not reciprocal. I don't need to ask my director how she's doing, how her life is going. It's just about me and what God's doing in my life. And so to just to, to have a companion who says, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to sit with you. I'll, I'll sit silent with you. Um, I'll wait with you as we together walk to try to discover what God has for you. Yeah. And not so much you meeting God's expectations, not so much as you following God's will as maybe you finding what God's up to and how you can join him in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So is spiritual direction, is it birthed out of a certain kind of um, tradition? I mean, I feel like this seems kind of like, um, maybe Quaker or Shaker type of um, mentality, but is there other, I mean, I, I don't know. And I don't, you may not have the answer for that, but. 
Um, I can't tell you completely. I think actually um, it would have more of its roots, I think, actually more in like a Catholicism kind of a okay. area. Um, sure. I know um, one of the people that we spend a lot of time in my training paying attention to uh, is Ignatius. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can't think of what his real name is right now, but we talk about Ign- Ignatian direction and that kind of thing. So right. Um, and then we would, we would pay attention to some of the writings of the ancient fathers and mothers, the early fathers and mothers, the desert fathers and mothers who did a lot of work on things like solitude and silence. We pay a lot of attention to those kind of things too. So yeah, my history of it is not too good, but it's okay. Those- I was just, I was kind of curious. I was kind of curious because it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's, yeah, I, I- I think of the tradition I come back, come from, it's like, we like to talk a lot. You know, we like to tell people stuff <laughs> as opposed right. to he- hear, right. And listen. Right. And I mean that right. I'm broad, that's a broad stroke and, you know. No. And, and I didn't grow up in a Southern Baptist tradition, but I would have had some of the same, I, we would have been much more theology driven that like we, we read God's word and this is what it says. And this is what we sure, do. Sure. Whereas yeah. direction, it's kind of a little bit more mysterious. And sure. um, yeah. that kind of takes a little bit of getting used to, to just say, okay, could God actually be speaking to me personally and intentionally? And I'm just needing to pay attention. And I think, I think it is, right. I think right. he is, he's, he's, you know, we, we talk a lot about God being personal, but how we actually apply that is sometimes hard to actually sure. think, oh, he actually is, he's wanting me to pay attention to the way that he's moving in my life. What are some, I mean, what's one or two things that somebody could do that would help them kind of find that, find that silent space and, you know, where do you start? Yeah. Well, there's, there's different practices that you could do. Um, there's different, uh, kind of, they, they would be called prayers. Like there's something called a centering prayer where you would literally just sit silently for 20 minutes focusing on, and every time, you know, something comes into your brain, like the grocery list or the to-do list, just refocus back on maybe a sacred word or a thought of, of who Jesus is, that kind of thing. But to get, to get to that point of doing a 20 minute silent prayer, that's like, that's, that takes a lot of practice to get there. Um, no but kidding. I think honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that you say, yeah, you know, to really be a real, real good at all this, you should be doing that tw- twice a day, 20 minutes of silent prayer a day. I'm like, Ooh, that's. Give me, give that's me two. Let me do two yeah, to five. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Cause that's where you start. You start right. by taking two minutes and literally setting your timer on your phone for two minutes and saying, okay, I'm setting the timer. So I don't have to look at the clock again. I don't have to look at anything. And you just sit. Um, and it, it's hard. Yeah. And when something comes to your mind, like you said, is that where you go into um, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me? Or what, <laughs> what, what? I mean, is that what you Like, how do yeah, you get you could, back well, off of that? Or do you have a, I don't, yeah. Before you would get into that prayer mode, you may just pick a word for Jesus or a word for God. It could be something like, uh, or it could be a word like peace. Okay. Or, yeah. uh, you know, and so whenever those, the, that grocery list comes back and you're like, Jesus, friend of mine, or something like that, whatever your word or phrase is. And, you know, they say, just kind of let that idea, like typically what we 
easily could do is automatically get into self condemning mode. Oh, I can't do this. I'm just so distracted. Right. Just kind of let it, just let it like float on by grocery list. Okay. Let go of the grocery list. Jesus, you're here with me or, or whatever your phrase is, you know, that kind of thing. So you just literally just keep going back to it. And, you know, again, it's in those things you're like, okay, God isn't sitting up there with a tally sheet, keeping track of how many times we get distracted. He's pleased that we're <laughs> trying to, yeah, right? he's pleased that there are our intent is there to try to connect with him and just be with him. And honestly, the more you do it, the better you get, but it, it takes practical, like lots of times there's little things that we allow us to, we allow to distract us. Like if my phone is a distraction, then leave it in the other room and walk in back into my quiet space and shut the door with the phone in the other room. Like there's simple things like that, that are just easy tools. Um, but it doesn't have to be quiet necessarily. You know, for some of us, we really, really connect with God outside. So going for a walk or, you know, just sitting outside is, and noticing, noticing nature. It's a great way to just kind of be still, because it, it kind of, it takes you out of, the, for me, um, being busy, like that's my thing, like sitting still and not getting something done. It's hard for me to be there. So to remember that like this, this is getting something done. This is getting actually the most important thing done to just reconnect with my Lord. So mm-hmm. um, to kind of, for me, I have to allow myself the space. Like it's not, it's not wasted time to right. sit with Jesus. So a lot of it, I think is just the preparation that you need to do ahead of time to get yourself to be okay with the thing that you're doing, actually be doing nothing other than sitting with God. Hey listeners, I'm interrupting this program to ask for your help. If you like the obscure pastor podcast, subscribe, and if possible, rate or write a review on your favorite platform so others can find us. When you do those things, you'll help me get the word out about all these interesting pastors. Now, back to the conversation. I think I would just say that although the idea of meeting with the spiritual director can be very intimidating because you don't I think it's safe to say that there can be something almost scary about reconnecting with God and opening yourself up to experiencing God in new ways. But I have experienced more growth, more internal noticing of what God's doing, more connecting with his love in the past two years of meeting with a director than I think I did in many, many, many years combined. It's just been a really, really positive experience for me that I didn't even know what spiritual direction was five years ago. And now I not only love it, but I am really excited about the opportunity to offer it to other people. So I would say if somebody's considering it and they're a little bit scared just to go for it and uh, give yourself a couple sessions to figure it out. And, uh, and, and the other thing too, is that you may want to have spiritual direction. And just like meeting with a counselor, not every counselor is a perfect fit. Not every spiritual director is a perfect fit. I actually met with one one time and I felt really like, oh, I guess I shouldn't do spiritual direction because I, excuse me, I really, I, let me say that over. I, 
I met with a spiritual director one time and it was, I just walked away from it feeling very, I'm sorry. Try one more time. I met, I met. Yeah. Okay. So I met with a spiritual director one time and it was really uncomfortable. I didn't feel as though I noticed much of God. Uh, It was just a, a fairly uncomfortable experience. And I thought that meant that I just spiritual direction wasn't something for me. And then I gave it a rest for a while. And a couple of years later, I decided to pursue it again. And now the spiritual director I meet with, I just really, I can't say that there's a time that I haven't walked away from a session feeling if I'm not going to say that every moment is like a mountaintop experience, but every time that we meet, I walk away with something that I want to spend a little bit more time with God about like, what is he doing and where is he leading and, and just exploring things with him more. So it not like, like I said, not everyone's going to be a perfect fit. So if you try it and you just don't feel a good connection, it may not be that spiritual direction isn't for you. It may just be that you need a different director. And most directors are very open to realizing that the first couple of sessions are kind of feeling each other out and figuring out if it's a good fit. And if it's not, they're okay with that too. So yeah, I just would encourage people if they're interested in pursuing direction to, um, yeah, to ask around, see if they know someone who's a director and then to give it a shot. We, we've talked about this in our cohort before. What, uh, what, what do you find specifically challenging um, just as Jane Beachy? trying to be a pastor during this time. Yeah. So something, because our church is fairly small, the one I serve in right now, um, one of the things that's really hard for me is comparison. So I can, um, you know, cause there's certain um, like Facebook groups or different groups that I'm a part of that are like children's ministry based. And they're sending out all these great ideas for these big elaborate things that you can do online or, um, that kind of thing. And so it's hard for, it's easy for me to say, Oh, maybe I should be doing that. Or, Oh, I'm not doing enough for my kids this way or that kind of thing. So comparison is something that I have really tried to be aware of and not to fall, um, fall into temptation to really feel like I have to be like specifically some of the bigger churches that have a lot more resources, you know? Um, so that's been a challenge for me. And then the other is just there are people in our church that I care a lot about that I have been able to connect with, you know, personally face to face. And it's just hard when you can't say, let's just go grab a cup of coffee. And so I would say there's probably five or six people I could think of off the top of my head that I would really like to be able to see in person. They are people that are part of our church that I feel specifically connected to that I really haven't been able to connect with as well as I would like to because of COVID. So that's been hard. Yeah. So, you know, mentioned a couple of challenging times and we're in the midst of a challenging time. I feel like in ministry, there's always something, there's always obstacles, right? Um, So what, what do you do uh, to stay inspired, to stay fresh um, when things are most difficult? Um, What do I do to stay inspired? Well, one of the things that's really been helpful actually is this spiritual direction program because it's having us read a lot of books and and having my own spiritual director. So I'm able to 
go to her one month and say, you know, I'm really struggling with comparison and I don't know what God has for me in that. And so that's been a way to really examine what God wants for me, not just to, um, not to name it and be self-critical, but to name it and say, okay, God, how do you want to use this? Or how do you want to lead me through this? So that's been actually been a real gift during this season. Um, and so some of the books also that I've been able to read have been good. Um, yeah. I forget the rest of your question. No, that's good. What, what kind of, what's, what's the latest book that you've read that's, that you found helpful? Oh, right now I'm reading um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark okay. Comer. Have you read it? Hmm. I'm familiar. I have not read yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. We, we've got these, you know, stacks of books. And uh, when I say stacks of books, there's stacks of books, but there's also like a Kindle stack. So the, <laughs> like a virtual stack. And so it's like, okay, what am I going to get to next? But yeah. Um, you know, recently uh, you led uh, a prayer time for our conference over Zoom and you drew from some things you have been doing in spiritual direction, but you also have a, a practice, a prayer practice too. You, could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so my prayer is, and it's, and it has actually um, evolved a lot over the past year and a half, two years in this, actually, again, in the spiritual direction program, um, taking a little bit more time to listen and not just list to God, all the things that I want him to do or, those kind of things. So, um, yeah, so it's not uncommon for me to come to my quiet time in the morning, especially, and just kind of sit for a little bit and be quiet and say something like, okay, God, um, what do you have for me today? Or that kind of thing. And then, um, I do a lot of journaling, writing my prayer, you know, or writing what's on my heart. And then, it's funny. Sometimes I will write and then I will see what I've written and it'll be like, Oh, I don't really think I wrote that. I think that was kind of God writing that through me. Mm -hmm. So kind of revealing things to me as I talk out with God, some things. So yeah, that's been, that's been a real, I've been journaling for years and years. And another practice that I learned over this past year was what's called breath prayers is just to kind of have like a phrase or something that, um, that I'll just pray throughout the day. And one that's been really helpful to me is um, Jesus, fill me with your love. So if I'm just feeling a lot of stress and feeling anxious about something, I may just, just say that breath prayer, Jesus, fill me with your love. And lots of times that really just kind of centers me. It reminds me um, what is important and what's not important. And, um, and there's plenty of times not just stressful times, but other times when I'm feeling gratitude or I don't know, a number of times that I just can pray that little breath prayer. That's been just a really good refocusing sentence is what it is. Awesome. Um, so, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time. We've had our ups and downs in ministry, but, and, but I, I, I'm curious to know, and you've had people work for you. You've worked for people. I'd say that. You've been a boss. You've had a boss, <laughs> right? What advice do you have for ministers who do great work that might not be noticed for it, that might be obscure like you and me? Um, I think my advice would be 
Ooh, there's a lot of things I could say. I think just to, um, I think it's like what I said earlier about comparison to not fall into that. Cause that's a really easy thing to mm-hmm. kind of take your eye off of what you're called to be doing. Um, you know, everybody's called for different things and placed in different churches and given different ministries and none of them are going to look a- the same. So to notice what your gifts and your abilities are and to not compare even among, you know, if you're in a multi-staff situation, not even to compare among other staff because we're all so different. Um, I think another important thing for ministers or pastors to be mindful of is boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my family is super important to me and yet, and so I think I've done a pretty good job, but there's certainly times that um, I've said yes to a meeting when I, there's something else that was on my calendar that was actually more important to me, but I didn't want to say no to the meeting or those kind of things just it's real easy to be a pastor 24 seven and to let that impact your time with your family or other priorities that you have. So I think boundaries is a real important thing for people to be aware of as pastors as well. That's really good. And yeah, true. I feel both of those (laughs) (laughs) for sure. You know, I, I don't, I don't get lots of invitations to like, lead out and stuff, but I had uh-huh. one come up last week from this person. And I just, ha- I, I thought about it for, a, for half a day. And it's like, you know what? I can't commit to that, you know, cause usually uh-huh. I was just like, yeah, for sure. I'll do that. Cause it yeah. doesn't happen very often. Right. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. I can't do it. And I couldn't and I say, think- I couldn't say why at the, at that point, <laughs> because there's right. stuff going on that, I can't tell you what's going on right now. You'll find out Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) But I think also if we're struggling with comparison or feeling obscure and someone offers another opportunity for us, it's real easy to be tempted to do that, even if it does kind of uh, impinge on some of our boundaries that we've already set up because we don't always feel comfortable feeling um, obscure or, you know, just when we feel like we don't measure up, it's easy to think if I do this or if I do that, then that will make me feel bigger and more important, right. which isn't necessary, but right. there's the temptation. For sure. You know, it's an opportunity, right? That's right. To, uh, just one more thing to do, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One more things to do happen behind the scenes. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of those. So yes, right. we do. Well, cool. I appreciate you doing this with me. I have a couple of fun questions here as we get closer to the end who is your favorite musical artist james taylor that's an easy one song do you have a favorite song oh um oh, i have a lot i can't narrow it down uh i really like up on the roof that's a pretty good one right. um you've got a friend that's kind of a classic one but yeah have you seen him in concert before I have not. In fact, I was just thinking the other day that that should be on my bucket list. I mean, he's getting a little bit old, so I probably need to do that sooner than later, but I have not, but I would love to. Now, my second favorite is Billy Joel. And about three years ago, my husband did get me tickets to go see him play at Madison Square Garden. So that was pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We're, yeah, we must, we're, we, we must be, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Um, I, uh, <laughs> well, you mentioned disc golf in your bio, but is there something else most people don't know about you? 
Um, I think, yeah, I think something that I would like to do is to write a book. And I don't think that many people know that about me. So yeah, someday I'd love to write a book. Well, the pressure's on now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to get started. Um, well, cool. Do you know what you would write it up? Is this fiction, nonfiction, a biography? Um, what do you think? What, what's? No, not definitely not a biography. Although I have thought about like writing about our experience in foster care, but I don't know if I ever want to do that or not. But yeah, the topic that I would write about is the scarcity mindset and how we let that control us and um, rob us of a better life. Hmm. That's like a, that's a dominant theme in churches too. You know, it's yeah. not just personal, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. It, it needs to happen. Okay, so, I'll send you an autograph copy when it happens. Uh, all right, right sure. <laughs> Very cool. Don't hold your breath. A digital autograph of some kind, I'm sure. Right? That's right. <laughs> um, so, Jane, uh, how do people find you if you want to be found? Like, what's your favorite place to connect other than over coffee? <laughs> yeah, which is definitely my favorite. Um, Instagram and Facebook. At Instagram, it's jb.janebeachy. And Facebook, it's just Jane Beachy. Cool. We'll put those up in our show notes and if people want to find you, they'll find you. Um, is there anything you want to share before we call it a, call it out? Yeah. One thing I did want to share, um, there was a podcast that I listened to just last week um, for people who are interested in spiritual direction. Um, it was called spiritual direction for beginners. And the um, podcaster is Emily P Freeman. Her podcast is called The Next Right Thing, and that gave a really, really good description of uh, what spiritual direction is all about, much better than I could describe. So um, if people are actually interested in that, they could uh, check out that podcast. And if they're interested in direction, they can, you know, reach out to, reach you. Out to me. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be happy to either point them in the direction of someone else that I know or, you know, try to see what we could figure out for them. And you're allowed to do that over Zoom, right? Oh, that's, that's the only way I'm doing it right now. So yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, if you will send me uh, the info on that podcast you mentioned, I'll put that yep. in the show notes as well. I'd love to, I'd love to share resources with folks. So yeah, I will do that. Well, Jane Beachy, thanks for doing this. I will probably see you on zoom in some other way, shape or form within the next three or four weeks, because that seems to be what we do. So that is what we do. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate thank, it. Thank you. You have been listening to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. If you like the podcast, rate it and share it with a friend. Check the show notes for my links, including a place to leave a tip. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew Carpenter. So let's be friends. Thank you.